The schedule, the job, the kids. Take some time just for you. It's Sunday mornings with Dee Daniels on B101.5, powered by Mary Washington Healthcare, one of D.C.'s best hospitals that isn't in D.C. It's in Fredericksburg, Mary Washington Hospital. Here for you. And now, Dee Daniels. Good Sunday morning and welcome to the show, the show that is all about you and your life and your world. Every single Sunday, we have fantastic guests here on this show, guests from our area, our region, experts in all kinds of different areas, including today, very excited to welcome to the show, first time guest, Rappahannock Electric Cooperative President and CEO, John Hua. John, welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Dee, and thank you. Glad to be on the show and appreciate the opportunity to collaborate and chat with the uh, with your listeners today. Well, we are glad to have you. We have a lot to talk about. This has certainly been a uh, crazy year as we're coming to a close here in uh, 2020. Everybody is uh, very happy to usher 2020 out the door. Um, but it has been it has been an interesting year for you guys over at REC. Tell us uh, tell us what's been going on with you. This is this is a uh, new new position for you, right? Absolutely. I've been at the cooperative about three and a half years here and took over uh, the roles as the uh, chief executive officer uh, back in August. And we've had, as you mentioned, 2020 has been a year of just about every imaginable challenge. Uh, I know that um, it's just been a difficult time for a lot of folks um, uh, throughout across the Commonwealth and uh, across our service service region. But Within the co-op, you know, I'm, I'm just so proud and thankful for our team of employees, uh, the, the wisdom and, and the care that's been poured into our pandemic response. Um, it, you know, things have, have gone have gone really smoothly for us, um, and we've worked really, really closely with our membership to make sure that, that we're helping through them the really hardship situations that might be, they might be finding themselves in. And you know, I, I think this is a, a time where you know the kind of the resiliency of, of the workforce and the team members really shines through, um, and um, you know, we're, we'll. Um, We'll be a stronger organization uh, as we as we move beyond uh, the, the pandemic, and, and, and as we uh, hopefully get um, our nation and the Commonwealth, you know, heading in, heading for clearer skies in the future. Absolutely. I feel like, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. And I think people in our community are starting to uh, see that and starting to see some relief headed our way, which is which is wonderful and, and much needed. Uh, give us a little background um, about Rappahannock Electric Cooperative, if people are hearing about it for the first time. Uh, tell everybody uh, what you guys do and, and what you're all about. Sure, sure. So we're a member-owned uh, nonprofit electric cooperative. And just a quick, if I could just zoom out just a little bit to the national level, you know, electric co-ops cover 56% of the landmass of the United States. Uh, and we're, co-ops are active in 88% of all U.S. counties. There are over 900 electric co-ops across the nation. So it's kind of interesting just to know that we're part of a much larger national network. There's a tremendous, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, adherence to these co-op values, which includes a lot of cooperation among cooperatives. So we have a, you know, kind of a, a really good, solid, collaborative um, relationships with co-ops all across the nation. REC today is really interesting. We, you know, we're on, on the one hand, we're this large, you know, Virginia utility. On the other hand, we're this very, very local community service provider. And I think that's what, what really makes the co-op model so remarkable, really, really timely in terms of what, what consumers and our member owners want. If you look at REC kind of on the big scale, you know, we, 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 we spread across portions of 22 really beautiful Virginia counties. We have a 4,000 square mile service territory, 170,000 connections, and, and it takes over 17,000 miles of power lines to power that up. So 
we're leaning on a, a team of about 430 employees and just, a, as I mentioned before, a wonderful group of employees, very uh, responsive to their jobs. Families very responsive as well because a lot of the work that they do, and hopefully we can get into some of this later, but a lot of the work they do is untimely. They're being called out you know, in the middle of the night uh, in, in the worst of conditions to try to get the lights back on. If you look at REC locally, you know, our employees are embedded in the community. We're very much a local service provider with, with four local offices throughout our, our service region. So it's your neighbors that are being called out to you know, help get the lights on or to, to build um, new infrastructure to help serve a community or a new business that might be moving in, bringing jobs. So you know, the co-op model and REC in particular, it's really just this fantastic blend of of a nice economy of scale in terms of our overall scale and, and, and breadth of the system, but a very tight, close, um, you know, caring relationship between the co-op and its member owners who are the consumers. You know, I uh, I want to talk a little bit more about how you guys have really um, kind of you know, shown a, uh, you've shined a light on on what is needed during this time of the pandemic as far as local goes. You know, I think that is that's kind of the key here uh, for people to understand if you're sort of just getting introduced to REC and and finding out what's going on um, and, and John giving us some details on it. But, you know, uh, during this pandemic time, I think more than ever, we've all realized how important it is to support local business, how important it is to support regional business. And that's one of the many things that you guys have been able to do as well during this time because of who you are and because of how you're structured to be able to support uh, other business in the area and and know that people that are involved in REC are also local. Absolutely, Dee. And, and we you, you mentioned shine a light, and I love the analogy. We, we do a lot of, sh- of shining of lights and, and, and really... Um, you know, being part of a co-op is is really being part of part of a larger movement. Um, you know, co-ops uh, excel at at bringing um, individuals with a common interest together and, and creating or accomplishing something that couldn't have been done individually uh, at an individual level. So, so that's really kind of the economy and the power of the co-op model. That translates to REC, you know, from an REC perspective, that translates back into our communities in a lot of different ways. Just first of all, you, you kind of ask, you know, what does REC look like? Well, as a utility, you know, we're, we're doing, you know, really well in terms of overall customer satisfaction, member satisfaction. We're 23rd in the nation in J.D. Power's rankings right now uh, at this point in the year and 10th uh, in, in customer care right now. So, so the kind of the culture and the caring and the local basis of the co-op and its employees really does shine through in the interaction and the relationship with our member owners, you know, the, the electricity consumers. But but that also carries into all, so much of what we do in terms of community support programs um, beyond beyond the pandemic, and I, I can come back to that, but, but you know, for, for years, you know, REC has been an aggregator and a facilitator of, you know, a number of really, uh, you know, forward-leaning, very helpful community programs. These involve community grants. We have scholarship programs where, where we send students to college and trade uh, schools uh, to, um, you know, to, 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 to follow their dreams in terms of their education. Um, by the way, the 2021 application deadline for those scholarships will be January the 25th. Um, we have community grants that I mentioned that, that help support nonprofits um, in, in and around the counties that we serve. And, 
we have an application process for that where these organizations can can look to the co-op to help them um, really uh, expand or maybe you know maybe take care of a need that they didn't have the funding uh, on their own to do and and this is really born out of the generosity of our REC employees and at a larger scale the generosity of the REC membership um, namely, we have a program called Power of Change. And you may have, you know, from time to time, if you were out shopping, you might have, uh, you know, at a checkout, maybe you're asked to round up. We have a Power of Change program where we allow um, our member owners to voluntarily opt into that program and round up the power bill on a monthly basis or, or even make one-time contributions. Today, we have over 27,000 members that are voluntarily enrolled in rounding up their power bills. And so you know, that's nearly $200,000 that has been awarded in 2020 to 27 different organizations. So it's, a, it's a, another, yet another example of you know, the caring culture of REC shining through and the co-op taking the individual contributions and capabilities of a lot of like-minded people, putting that together, and then going through a, a coordinated program to get that back out to agencies and organizations that, that need the help. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, it really it really does just show what community can do, you know, when you when you come together for a cause like that. And, I, you know, it, it's so important, especially as a lot of people have been in crisis and are in crisis to be able to have access to uh, yeah. get involved with things like that. It really is. Absolutely. And if, and, and if I could go a little step further just, uh, with respect to the pandemic, I mean, you know, the, you know all, what we do is, is essential uh, in terms of just keeping, um, you know, keeping homes and businesses and, and, and powered up. And, and again, I mentioned early on, I've been just really proud of, of how our team has, has reacted and responded and the flexibility and the responsiveness um, through a lot of change that, that, you know, organizations like us, you know, just didn't anticipate, you know, facing in, in, in 2020. Um, but but beyond that, we have um, you know a, a working with the uh, with the state and, and consistent with some of the regulations here in the state. You know, we months ago months ago back early early in the spring, you know, we we suspended and, and stopped disconnecting power for non-payment. You know, we we found ourselves in a situation. I think utilities all across the Commonwealth uh, found themselves in situations where you know households and and and, and businesses were, were just so disrupted and have been so disrupted that um, you know the last thing that, that our member owners needed to, to, to deal with was the threat or the possibility of having their electricity disconnected. So we've gone for many, many, many months. We've been working with our member owners to try to get them assistance from other organizations where there are dollars available uh, to, you know, to set up really long-term, uh, something kind of unusual in our industry, but, but to set up you know, 12 and even 24-month payment arrangements just to help them through a, a really, really difficult uh, period. And, and with that, you know, as, as a member-owned co-op, one of the things we do, uh, we're, we're non-for-profit, so if the co-op has uh, any uh, margins, if you will, in, in the prior year, then we re- redistribute those back into the community. So our board of directors voted in, back in June, uh, uh, what, what we believed at that point would be a kind of a peak time in the pandemic. Um, was to to distribute thirteen million dollars of capital credits back out to the membership to help help with some power bill relief. So we've been working really close with those member owners. Uh, we know that um, you know, the months ahead could continue to be very very difficult with the winter season here and uh, some of the electric uh, electric bills that that can rise during that time frame. So we're just continuing to be um, very close with our membership and and doing our very best to help them through what is just an historically difficult time. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. We're talking to the president and CEO of Rappahannock Electric Cooperative on the Sunday show this week. John, I, I appreciate what all, what you all have been faced with um, as a lot of uh, businesses and uh, organizations have been faced with a situation where, you know, we want to help the community, but also as a business, you're struggling, you know, as an organization, you're struggling yourself, but you want to help. And it really is a community effort. And so many people that uh, work with RE which is I think one of the uh, one of the great things that you guys can can take pride in is that so many people that work with REC are like you said your neighbors you know they they are right. they are living in your community they're they're they know the community they're not coming from you know other states that they're right here and so they know what the needs are and know what the community's immediate needs are Absolutely, and while while we're talking about those those employees and, and and those you know REC careers, let me just take a moment here to say you know to your listeners, we have um, we have a fantastic w- workforce, but you know, we've got t- as much as twenty percent of our employees are eligible or anticipated to retire in the next five years. REC is a uh, expanding organization with more and more expectations. You know, we can talk about some of those, whether that's, um, you know, clean energy initiatives or electric vehicle initiatives or, or fiber backbone initiatives. There's, you know, we're an organization that is um, at a unique time because our members in the region we serve is, is needing more and more from us in terms of growth. And so we have about 20% of our employees that will be retirement eligible, and they've done a wonderful job. They, they've literally built this system. They've helped our members. They've helped sign up new accounts, and they've helped power up new businesses and homes for, you know, in some cases, um, 20, 30, 40-plus year of, uh, employees of our organization. So I, I hope that your listeners, as they're thinking about um, the years ahead, you know, I hope that they will consider, uh, you know, our REC. And, and we're in a very, uh, you know, we're a very exciting industry. There's a lot of change in our industry. Uh, but we're, you know, we're also an organization that's, that's very, you know, well, you know, grounded in, in the communities that we serve. And, and I hope that that comes across in, in today's conversation. And I hope that folks will consider us as a potential career uh, opportunity for themselves. I'm glad you brought up energy. That was uh, one of the things I wanted to talk about. And one of the areas that, that you guys are really growing in at REC, um, you know, sustainable energy uh, is a, is an important conversation. And I know we say it um, even in years past, but I, I do believe it wholeheartedly, maybe more important uh, than ever. Here we are faced with, you know, a pandemic this year. And it, it's really so important that we take a look at how we're doing things, uh, where we're where we're putting our energy, what's going on with solar, and you guys are really on the cutting edge of that. Uh, Absolutely. So, you know, the the kind of the core principles of our industry, you know, safe, reliable, affordable, sustainable, um, all of those are, you know, all of those are, are like paramount to to our success as an organization um and we we have to really work to ensure there's a really strong balance of of, of all the needs you know affordability is something that we want to make sure we're focused on during the pandemic and during all times just to make sure that we're an attractive region for uh, employers and, and any type of um, energy intensive jobs that might come to our region um, something of the nature of like data um, data centers comes to mind, those types of sites that bring jobs and, and tax revenues for the region, but also consume a lot of electricity. So we have to we always have to balance these things. what's What's really been great with respect to sustainable and renewable energy 
is really the, the track record uh, over the last several years. You know, we, we've seen tr- dramatic decreases in the cost of solar and, and other related, potentially related technologies like battery storage systems. And so those have begun to really you know, pencil out very, very well within the economics of, of, of energy. And, and so we have um, worked with our members. To, today, there's over a 1,000 REC member owners that have uh, either a rooftop or ground mount solar uh, array connected at their home or business. And most of those are rooftop, but some of the uh, larger tracks and, and farmlands might have a ground mount system. Um, but what we do is we work to make sure that um, the electricity is there when they need it. When they are producing excess energy from their solar array, we're buying that back on the grid and we're distributing it to their neighbors, which is exactly how a co-op ought to work. And really what's so exciting for us about what we would kind of refer to as, as distributed resources or distributed energy here, you know, thinking of distributed clean energy that's distributed throughout the territory, it just perfectly aligns with the co-op model itself. Because let's go back to, you know, the, the co-op excels best when it's taking a, a, a gathering of people with, with a common cause and bringing them together. That's really how this distributed and sustainable energy works for us. So. It's really um, tightly aligned with with our philosophy as an organization, um, and our objective ultimately in all of this is to make sure that our, our members in the communities have the, the services they need, and that we're helping our our, our members, whether it be a, a home or a business, meet their goals. You know, and and those can include very much uh, sustainability goals. Yeah, I really love how you know how involved uh, you know especially students are in in learning about uh, you know being green and and sustainable energy and all of that. You guys are also involved in educating um, you know in some of the area schools as far as like helping kids know how they can you know later get involved or maybe how they could go into yeah. a career like this where they could get more involved. And I think that desire is there in our kids today. Sure is. Um, I know for for my daughters, uh, they're 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 learning many of the same things. And yeah, at, at REC, we we you know traditionally, and, and of course, our, our students are all learning in a different form right now. But but traditionally, we have done you know hundreds of community interactions on, on a yearly basis, and and we anticipate in the future you know once once um, we have clear skies ahead with respect to the pandemic, um, you know we, we expect to resume those, those programs uh, more uh, as students do return at some point back to on. Site uh, education, but but yes, we've been very involved in helping with the local schools. I will also mention that our, our we have a new website. It's got a lot of uh, energy information. Um, it even has, for instance, calculators to go in and look at. Um, like if you're looking at an electric vehicle uh, and you're comparing it to your current vehicle, or or maybe you're thinking about uh, going out and you know uh, needing a vehicle, and there's two different ones. We actually have a calculator on our um, website, a Choose EV calculator that allows someone to put in you know how many miles they might drive and what the economics of that looks like. So. You know, th- those are you know energy efficiency and sustainability um, measures that, that really go a long way. One of the things I should also mention, Dee, is um, you know not everybody's home or business can support a solar array. Maybe, maybe the rooftop um, is um, you know got some years on it, and it's not really a good time to invest and put something on it. Maybe it maybe there's trees and it doesn't face the right direction. We also have a, a program called Cooperative SunShare, and for a member that has um, a, a clean energy, you know, uh, aspiration or goal, we have a program where they can really just buy, you know, community solar 
straight through uh, to, to their account without actually having to have the infrastructure on site. So, so that's a kind of an, an agile, uh, maybe a little more nimble solution for someone that um, wants to do that. Maybe they're a, um, maybe they're not the owner of the property, but they want to make sure that they have a clean energy uh, attributes. So, we have those kinds of programs to to help kind of meet a variety of needs that are out there. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, I think a lot of people are interested in doing something like that, and it's like, okay, well, do I need a whole solar operation at my house? Like, how can I do that? That that's a that's a great way to do it. This community yeah. community solar and and it feels like it's a lot um it's not it's it sounds kind of intimidating you know when you don't know anything about it yeah i think the bottom line from the co-op perspective is this we would encourage our member owners you know to, to call us and if, if they're interested in putting in a, a physical system then we'll help interconnect that we can help advise we can provide them information on their power consumption and what the economics looks like um, and, and we're hoping to go further with that in the years ahead um, so we're, we're really looking at what where we might be from a strategic destination on helping members with actual in, you know installation or or even owning the systems but but if, if that type of physical arrangement doesn't work, then yes, if, if the members contacted us, we can talk about kind of this alternate way to get the clean energy attributes and meet, meet those objectives um, without necessarily having to um, go through the project themselves. John is the president and CEO at Rappahannock Electric Cooperative. And John, a good, uh, we were mentioning the, uh, the website, really good resource. It's myrec.coop. Is that a good place? Yes, that's it. That's a, it's, and, it's and so much information on there. It really is. I mean, yeah. it's a t- even tips for um, one of the things I wanted to talk about too. Even tips for you know, kind of how to how to help with your your uh, your usage during winter because you know all of us are like, okay, we just kick the heat in super high gear. Absolutely. So yeah, our, our website got kind of a really a complete rebuild uh, back at the at the end of October, and our goal was to meet the you know the very dynamic you know needs of of the energy space right now and of, of our member owners and our consumers and and so we've we've got a lot of energy efficiency pointers in there um, things that um, and, and traditionally we've offered you know in-home energy reviews but we also have some web tools for for uh, someone to kind of take uh, some consideration uh, you know links to YouTube videos and all types of things to kind of take some consideration about weatherization or um, just you know thermostat best practices and, and, and those types of habits, uh, if you will, ar- around the winter months to help keep keep those costs down. And and again, I would uh, be I would just encourage um, you know if um, if uh, if one of your listeners that's one of our members is, is, has got some um, energy efficiency goals in mind, or if they're thinking that they could c- cut their you know their monthly power costs with with some best practices, please you know reach out to us, give us a call, and we are glad to. Um, to, to do whatever we can do, um, you know, to help to help advise and, and provide that input, and really, really to be the energy expert to help stand in the corner of the member owner. Because again, we're not for profit organization. Our goal is not to maximize profits. Our goal was to operate a utility, collect just enough dollars to do it well, uh, and to be able to reinvest in a growing system. 
You know, I feel like that that really does go a long, long ways with people because, you know, all of us are, are always kind of faced with that where we're like, you know, where can we cut? Where can we, you know, where can we lower our bills? And, and that is one of the things. And when you're when you're faced with, you know, maybe I live in an older house and, you know, maybe I've got stuff going on that I'm not exactly sure how to fix. It's really nice to be able to call someone to say, hey, you know, could you just sort of go over this with me and and see where I could maybe do just a few minor things that that might actually cut the bill down. Yeah, and, and the nice thing about that is over the last several years, there have been so many um, kind of advancements in, in, in consumer technologies that really, really help that along, um, whether it's just something as, as you know basic as a LED lighting in a home, which can dramatically, you know, re- reduce some of the energy consumption. Uh, the TVs that, 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 that people buy and are watching are, are much better energy performers than they were just a few years ago. Uh, for those that are looking for more automation, there are any number of um, intelligent thermostats that can kind of learn their habits and, and help them. You know, so, so there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, consumer technology that can really be brought to bear. But but beyond that. Basic weatherization and insulation, and, and there's some real fundamentals for an older structure. There's some real fundamentals around in, in, uh, insulation and those types of things, and just the core heating and cooling system that are going to drive the bulk of, of the uh, of kind of the performance of, of, the, of the home or business. I want to talk a little bit about broadband. That's been a big discussion uh, in sure. our area. What what can REC do um, in that department? I mean, you know, you might not be thinking that uh, that's something something that you guys uh, would have, you know, a handle on, but it sounds like you do. So, yes, indeed, it really goes back to that facilitation role. Um, so um, we have had for about a year and a half now, we, we've had a, a really significant um, backbone network construction. It's a multi-year, 820-mile project. It's a, a $30 million effort to really to, to build a backbone fiber connectivity uh, throughout our region. Now, this is not a, a system that is designed to, to directly connect end consumers. This is a system kind of designed for like regional support. Right. And but what could what could what could extend off of this and our facilitation role is that we are well positioned to help um, our communities and, and other providers actually reach end consumers uh, and those that need to be served. And so that means ways to, to utilize the, the power lines and the, the structures of the rights of ways that, that, uh, that the co-op has, or we can even work with third parties to, to mount antennas and devices on our poles or at our substation, electrical substation sites, or even some of the towers. We own some you know, some towers across the territory for, for radio systems. So. We are, are very uh, much very much positioned to help as a facilitator. We believe our backbone effort can also help facilitate. The core of that backbone project is is, however, to run the electricity grid in in a, in a, in, a, in a you know in this modern environment that we're in. And we, we touched on you know the clean energy and, and there's renewable and, and reliability issues uh, in terms of um, kind of new technology. So the real core of this of this fiber backbone is to support the grid. But it just so happens that as we build a backbone in support of the grid, we're also really well poised and positioned to help a lot of other organizations accomplish a lot more in the region. 
Yeah, I really feel like it's such a, a growing discussion and it's so helpful to know that there is a local company, you know, that is standing by your personal needs because sometimes it's very difficult, you know, to talk to somebody and get them transferred and sit on hold and not be able to actually talk to a person on the phone. It's It can be very difficult when you're like, hey, what do I do to get connected here? Right, right, and you know, I think I think that the, certainly the pandemic has put even more has has put more pressure on the region and 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 us and and other organizations to to make sure that we have all of our services uh, in place and well from from a reliability perspective. Um, you know, the we've got a lot of um, a lot of our members are working from home and right. educating from home, so so they certainly need broadband access. But beyond that, they need. You know, they need more out of the reliability of the, of the electricity system as well. You know, they, they have less tolerance for disruption or power quality issues, if you will, and just the traditional delivery of electricity. Now think about in a year, uh, two years from now, three years from now, and, and that uh, Ford F-150 in their driveway becomes an electric, you know, right. electric chassis, you know, which, which is out, you know, the, these, these, the major manufacturers are bringing these, and they're not just, you know, the, the smaller sedans, they're now coming out with the SUVs and the full-size trucks, and so, you know, and that'll be that'll really resonate for a rural co-op and, and toys that, and so because that can be a huge cost saver. But then we're talking about a household's transportation now additionally being dependent on the reliability of electricity. So what that means for us is that we have to do a great job of of investing in the system. Uh, we we invest about seventy million dollars annually in the trans, transmission and distribution network. And, and our capital plan. So we have a very significant um, annual capital investment to build, enlarge, and maintain the grid. But my point here is that um, it's just in time because these additional dependencies on electricity and the economics and the um, reliability are here, and they're and they're and they're and they're hitting quickly. And we need to make sure that we're there to support our members and have even the right rate signals. So that uh, someone who's looking at that electric vehicle has a uh, even more uh, benefit that comes out of it if they have a rate where they can charge it at night and it's just you know uh, e- even less costly um, than it would have been to charge it throughout the daytime. Absolutely, myrec.coop is the website uh, with a lot of this information that we've been talking about. Also, uh, John, you mentioned that you guys have four offices in the region. Tell everybody where those are located. Yeah, so our so our main office um, is located in, um, in in Fredericksburg, um, and then we have a really have a Culpeper. Uh, well, so let me just start with Blue Ridge. We have a Blue Ridge um, office up up just um, our north of Front Royal um, in, in that part of the territory. Then we have a, a Culpeper office, which is um, right uh, off of Route 29 in Culpeper, and then we have a Bowling Green office as well uh, in Bowling Green, Virginia. Just um, to the uh, to the to the east of I ninety five, and so, and then actually, additionally, we have another uh, what I would call a kind of a satellite service center in Louisa. So we have kind of a fifth. Um, it's it's not quite the scale of our other operating centers, but it is a um, a uh, an operating station, and we actually uh, really invested in that this last year to kind of begin to expand our footprint there. So. Uh, we are in the community, um, are, and during this pandemic, um, let me just say clearly for, for, those, for the listeners, you know, we, we, our team has done a phenomenal job of continuing to maintain the health and the safety and the reliability of the grid. 
our employees have been um, just tremendously responsive. Many of our, our team members are, are taking the trucks home. They're, they're able to respond more quickly. We wanted to do things to uh, reduce, you know, exposures um, in terms of, um, you know, working in and around their coworkers. So we, we've really mobilized to make sure that um, even in, a, in, in this environment where we're, we're reducing contacts and, and wearing all the uh, correct uh, protective gear, even beyond that, we wanted to make sure that we had team members embedded in the community to respond quickly. Well, we appreciate you guys being in the community and working so hard to continuously meet the needs. Rappahannock Electric Cooperative, MyREC.coop is the website if you want to check it out. All of the office locations and directions are there. Any phone number that you're looking for, MyREC.coop. John, thank you so much. We appreciate what you guys do in our community, and we appreciate you being on the show this week. Thank you, Dee. I really enjoyed it, and I hope you have a great week. Your emails are always welcome. If you have questions or comments about today's show or an idea for a future program, email D, that's D-E-E, at B1015.com. Sunday Mornings with D is powered by Mary Washington Healthcare, one of D.C.'s best hospitals that isn't in D.C. It's in Fredericksburg, Mary Washington Hospital, here for you. The thoughts, comments, statements, and opinions of the host and guest are their own, and not necessarily those of Centennial Broadcasting, B101.5, or Station Management. Thanks for listening to Sunday Mornings with Dee Daniels on B101.5. It's not only about what you lose, it's about what you gain. Weight loss is one of the most personal journeys you can take. At the Mary Washington Weight Loss Center, a better quality of life starts here. Our team of experts works with you to help determine the right steps towards successful weight loss with tools and skills to get you moving safely. Find activities you enjoy and teach you strategies to help improve your diet. For maximum nutrition, along with surgical weight loss and bariatric services, you can count on long-term support for continued weight loss and maintenance. Join our free surgical weight loss information sessions the first and third Friday of every month via video conference from noon to 1 p.m. Don't let your weight keep you from living life to the fullest. Learn more at practices.mwhc.com.